I'm Pastor Richard Gamble, and the following message is made available by First Baptist Church of Bastrop, Louisiana. To find out more about First Baptist Bastrop, go to www.firstbastrop.org. That's www.firstbastrop.org. Well, if you have your Bibles with you this morning, turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 14. Deuteronomy chapter 14, we'll be looking at verses 22 through 29 this morning. Deuteronomy 14, 22 through 29, and if you don't have a Bible, you can grab one of the pew Bibles there, and it's page 148 in the pew Bible, page 148 in the pew Bible, and if you don't have a Bible of your own, you can take that pew Bible with you, and that's our gift to you today. We want everybody to have a copy of God's Word, so please take it and use it. Deuteronomy 14, verses 22 through 49. You know, in America, we recognize, and it's stated in our Declaration of Independence, so it's recognized from the foundation of our, our country that all human beings, every person, has certain inalienable rights. And among them are what? Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, right? And we recognize that as human beings... Every human being has those, has those rights, uh, and there's other rights as well. And so we recognize that we have certain rights. But what about God? What about God? God has rights. As our creator, our sustainer, our savior, God has rights. He has rights, the right to demand certain things of his people. And we should observe the rights and uphold the rights and privileges of God. Now, if you remember back, back when we were talking about the Ten Commandments, you remember that the Fourth Commandment focuses on the rights and privileges of God. The rights and privileges of God. Now, I want you to go back there, so hold your place there in Deuteronomy 14, but then flip back just a few pages there probably in your Bible to chapter 5, Deuteronomy chapter 5, and let's just remember, let's, let's uh, remember that fourth commandment, that's in verse 12, chapter 5, verse 12, observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy as the Lord, as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. <clears throat> Excuse me. On it you shall not do any work, you or your sons or your daughters or your male servant or your female servant or your ox or your donkey or any of your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. That your male servants, that your male servant and your female servant may rest as well as you. You shall remember that you, were sl- that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. Now, we talked about that back when we were looking at that fourth commandment. That has to do with God's right to have a day of worship. 
right? As our creator, as our sustainer, as that passage in Deuteronomy points out, God is Savior. He saved the Israelites from Egypt and brought them out of slavery. As Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ, God saved us from slavery to sin. He brought us out of, uh, out of slavery to sin and brought us into his kingdom. He freed us from that. And so he is our Savior, and he has a right to be worshipped. He has a right to demand a day be, be kind of, you know, separated from every other day to come to gather as his people in corporate church and worship him. He has a right to demand that of his people. And that's just one right and privilege of God. And we see that as we go into this next section in, in Deuteronomy, the, in the, this part of the Deuteronomic law, right? And, and chapters 14 through 15 there through, uh, well, halfway through 16 there, Moses is getting into another section in his sermon to the people of Israel, in this section of his sermon, he's focusing in on the rights and privileges of God. That principle that is kind of uh, alluded to there in the fourth commandment. God has rights and privileges. And today we're going to see one of those rights of God is to demand a tithe. To call his people to return a tithe unto him. In the weeks following, we'll see other feasts and festivals that God required of the people of Israel. But today, we focus in on the tithe. The tithe unto the Lord. Now, here, a lot of people will say, love to say this, right? When we talk about the tithe, oh, well, the tithe, that's the Old Covenant. That's the Old Testament. It doesn't apply to the church. So I'm not required to pay a tithe because that's Old Testament law that's not new testament the tithe has been abolished in the new testament so i don't really have to do that and it's true that that is old covenant law we're not old covenant israel we're not standing on the banks of the jordan ready to go in and conquer the land of canaan and to establish a government a government where god is the king over our government we're not that people and so, in that sense, no, we're not under the Old Covenant law. But, the principle of the tithe, I believe, still remains for the church today. And Jesus, he, he makes no comment about abolishing the, the tithe. Now, last week, we talked about the food laws, didn't we? And we saw where Jesus, he did abolish the food laws. He declared all things clean, all foods clean. But that's not the case with the tithe. In fact, in Matthew chapter 23, 23, Jesus seems to be upholding the tithe in this text. He says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. You tithe mint and dill and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others now you, you notice there he says you're neglecting justice mercy and faithfulness while you're tithing he doesn't say well forget the tithe and just focus on mercy and faithfulness and 
And uh, what was the other one there? I just forgot. Justice. He, he, he doesn't say forget the tithe and just focus on justice, mercy, and faithfulness. No, he says tithe and do those other things too. You, you need to do both of them. Well, then you say, well, but Jesus, he was still under the old covenant. Right? The old covenant was still in, in play until Jesus was resurrected from the dead. But we're going to see here in a little while, and I'm going to hold off on this, this reference, but we see even in Paul's writings that Paul seems to indicate the principle, the general principle of the tithe still applying to the New Testament church. So I believe that the principle... While we're not under the old covenant law, the principle of the tithe still applies to the church today. Therefore, we're going to see from our text, bring the tithe unto the Lord. Bring the tithe unto the Lord. That's our main message from today's text. Bring the tithe unto the Lord. And this principle seems to become even clearer as we begin to look at the general characteristics of the tithe, which we're going to consider today. Today we're going to see six characteristics of the tithe that should and hopefully will encourage you to bring the full tithe unto the Lord. So six characteristics that we see in our text of the tithe. So if you found your place there, oh, well, let me do kind of note this right off the bat. Our section of scripture here, there's two paragraphs here, and we're going to see two different kinds of tithe that were required under the Old Covenant law. There's the annual tithe that was brought to the sanctuary, to the temple complex, and it was given there year by year. And then there's the triennial tithe in that second paragraph, and that was brought every three years this was an addition to i believe it was an addition to the the regular tithe but it was collected every three years in the local community and it was more of a, a welfare type of system in the nation of israel so god was taking care of those who were less fortunate through the triennial tithe uh, i'm not going to bring out a lot i'm not going to distinguish those as much i'm going to mention them uh, but I want us to look at the general characteristics of the tithe. That's going to be our main focus today. But do, do note that the different types of tithe that are given to us in this text. So if you found your place there in Deuteronomy 14, 22, please stand with me in reverence to the reading of God's holy word. And hear the word of the Lord, you shall tithe all the yield of your seed that comes from the field year by year. And before the Lord your God, in the place that he will choose to make his name dwell there, you shall eat the tithe of your grain, of your wine, and of your oil, and the firstborn of your herd and flock, that you may learn to fear the Lord your God always. And if the way is too long for you so that you are not able to carry the tithe, when the Lord your God blesses you, because the place is too far from you, which the Lord your God chooses to set his name there, then you shall turn it into money and bind up the money in your hand and go to the place that the Lord your God chooses and spend the money for whatever you desire, oxen or sheep, or wine, or strong drink, whatever your appetite craves, 
and you shall eat there before the Lord your God and rejoice, you and your household. And you shall not neglect the Levite who is within your towns, for he has no portion or inheritance with you. At the end of every three years, you shall bring out all the tithe of your produce in the same year and lay it up within your towns. And the Levite, because, you ha because he has no portion or inheritance with you, and the sojourner, the fatherless, and the widow who are within your towns shall come and eat and be filled, that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands that you do. Amen. May the Lord add blessings to the reading of his holy, inspired, and inerrant word, and may he write its eternal truth on all our hearts. And you may be seated. Well, as we look at the characteristics of the tithe, the first characteristic that we see here that I want to bring out is, is this. The tithe is at least 10% of gross income. What is the tithe? The tithe is at least 10% of gross, gross income. In fact, that's what the word tithe means. And literally speaking, tithe means a tenth part. A tenth part. So a tenth part of whatever the grain, he, he's calling them, them to bring the grain of their harvest in, and he says bring a tenth part into the sanctuary or to the place that the Lord your God has caused his name to dwell there. So he's talking about a tenth part, 10% of that growth income. Now for the Israelites, you remember, they were an agrarian culture. They were farmers, they were herders, and they had their, their flocks and all of these things. And he says, once a year, because that's when you, you harvest, right? You harvest once a year. And so once a year, when you bring in the harvest, you're to bring in the tithe. So every year, when you bring in the harvest, you bring in 10%. Now, I say at least 10%. Uh, though literally it means 10%, but it's at least 10%. It, it actually could be more because he does go on and say there, you also bring the firstborn of your herds and your flocks. And then as well, when you begin to look at all the feasts and the festivals and all the different offerings that the Israelites were required to bring in to the temple year after year, I mean, there was the sin offering, the grain offering, the free will offering, the vow offering, there was all of these other offerings. And, and so I say at least 10% because it can, can actually increase as the Lord blesses and as the Lord uh, increase our wealth, right? It, it can increase. We could actually give more than 10%, but it's at least 10%. That's where you start. You start with 10%. Bringing in 10% of all that the Lord has blessed and given unto us. It's 10%. It's 10%. Now think about it like this. Think about it like this. And, and this is the way we need to think because a lot of people say, oh, I'm supposed to bring in 10%. I can't just throw in a five. I can't just throw in some pocket change. No, the Lord requires at least 10%. But think about it like this, Scripture tells us that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. 
and the world and those who dwell in it. Psalm 24.1. Everything that we own, it's not ours, not really. It belongs to the Lord. It's the Lord's. He's only given it to us to, to steward, to manage. It's a blessing from the Lord. And so what the Lord is actually saying, you keep 90%. 90% is for you to live on and to enjoy and do whatever, whatever your heart brings you to do with it. But bring 10%, give 10% back to me. Bring 10% back to me and give to me for my ministry and my activity through my people in the world. Man, that's amazing. That's amazing. God says you can keep 90%, but you bring 10% and give it to me. Be faithful and give it unto me. Man, the government doesn't do that, do they? Right? Right? The, the government requires 10% if you're on the very you know, bottom level income, but it, it goes all the way up to almost 40% that the government wants from us, from our income. The Lord says, just 10%. 10%. You keep the 90, give me 10%. That's all I want. And so at least 10% we're called to give unto the Lord. And I say gross income, that comes out before taxes before anything else before our groceries before the light bill before anything else the first check that we should be writing that's what it was when they they took in the harvest when they took in the harvest the first check they wrote basically was to the lord they took out 10 percent off the top and they brought it and they gave it to the lord now here again for us, it's not a yearly thing because not all of us, some of us are farmers, but not all of us are fa- farmers. Most of us are not farmers. And so it would be 10% whenever you get paid. So whatever your retirement or your paycheck, whatever your paycheck is, whenever you receive income, you give 10%. Off the top, your gross income back to the Lord. So the tithe is at least of gross income give God at least 10% of your growth income and that's just the starting point as the Lord blesses you it may increase and often it does we just find that with people and we'll talk more about that here in a moment so as you give 10% back to God we then see that the tithe is also a demonstration of faith what is the tithe it is a demonstration of faith faith notice what he says there Uh, he says there in verse let's see this is verse 23 the last part of verse 23 he he tells them to bring in the tithe he tells them to to bring their firstborn of their herds and the flocks and he says that that's a purpose statement that you may learn to fear the lord your god always that you may learn to fear the lord your god always now what does that word fear mean We've talked about this some in the past. What does it mean to fear the Lord? And this is kind of a reflection back to uh, that day when they were there at Mount Sinai. And God called the elders of Israel. He said, Moses, go gather the elders of the Israel and bring them to the foot of the mountain. 
and, and there they, at the foot of the mountain, they feasted before the Lord. They feasted before the Lord, and the glory of the Lord settled down on Mount Sinai, and the mountain trembled. The earth quaked, and the, the mountain was on fire with the glory of the Lord, and the men trembled before the Lord. They feared the Lord their God. And fear has that sense of trembling before the Lord. Seeing His greatness, seeing His mightiness, right? His, His glory, and we fear, we tremble before the omnipotence of God. But that's not all of it. That there's also this, this sense of awe and wonder and gratitude because we recognize that God is our provider. He is our creator, sustainer, our savior. So there's this sense of, of gratitude and awe because of who God is. Fear is a sense of faith even in the Lord's provision. Job chapter 1, verse 21, Job says this, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord is our provider. He is our creator and sustainer. He gives us life, and He sustains our life. You know, we're able to go to work and provide for our families because the Lord has enabled us to do that. We have a retirement fund because the Lord was enabled us to work and build that retirement fund. Everything that we have belongs to the Lord. He is our provider. And every paycheck you get comes from the Lord. He can give it and He can take it away. Nevertheless, blessed be the name of the Lord. As one commentator states in the tithe, Israel would learn to fear the Lord and know that their prosperity did not depend on irrigation or advancement in agricultural techniques, but on the beneficence and provisions of their God. You see, when we give unto the Lord, that's an act of faith. Faith in God. Taking that top 10%, and giving it unto the Lord, that is an action of faith. Well, I can remember when Mary Beth and I first started tithing, we hardly had two nickels to rub together. We'd been married just a, a couple of years probably at that point. We're still living at Grandma's house, I remember that. We hadn't been married long. And, man, we could just barely pay the bills. We, we didn't know how the bills were going to get paid half the time. She had a part-time job. I had a full-time job that didn't pay a whole lot. She was going to school. We didn't have a lot of money. But she and I both come under conviction. We need to give a tithe. We don't just need to, to throw in the pocket change, whatever we have left at the end of the week. We need to give the tithe unto the Lord. And we need to write that check off the top, right? Before we pay the first... Before we pay the electric bill, before we buy groceries, before we do anything else, we're going to make that commitment because God says, trust me, 
So we made that commitment. And we began to pay the tithe off the top. And there were those weeks where we were saying, how are we going to pay this bill? What are we going to eat? But you know what? God provided. That was an act of faith. And God provided. He rewarded our faithfulness. Paying the tithe, giving the tithe, is an act of faith. It is a demonstration in our faith in God that God will provide for us. We don't depend on our own abilities. We depend upon God. God can give and God can take away. Tithe unto the Lord and demonstrate your faith in the provisions of God. So tithing, the tithe is 10%, a demonstration of faith. Third, the tithe is brought to the church. The tithe is brought to the church. Now we see here in our text, of course, Old Testament Israel, they were to bring it to the place that God chose to make his name dwell there. He says it in verse 23. He says it again in verses 24 through 25. And if the way is too long for you, so that you are not able to carry the tithe when the Lord your God blesses you because the place is too far from you, which the Lord your God chooses to set his name there, then you shall turn it into money and bind up the money in your hand and go to the place the Lord your God chooses and spend the money for whatever you desire, oxen or sheep or wine or strong drink, whatever you, your appetite craves, and you shall eat there before the Lord your God and rejoice." So it was to be brought to the place that the Lord caused his name to dwell. For Old Testament Israel, that ultimately ended up being Jerusalem. Jerusalem, when David established Jerusalem as the center of his government, and there, later, his son Solomon built the temple there, and that became the place where God caused his name to dwell. And so the Israelites would bring the tithe to the place where God caused his name to dwell, to the temple there in Jerusalem. Again, we're not Old Testament Israel, but we still bring the tithe to the place where God causes his name to dwell. He doesn't dwell in a temple. That temple's been torn down. It was demolished after the resurrection of Jesus Christ in A.D. 70. That temple was demolished. It's gone. God's name does not dwell there. Where does God's name dwell? It dwells in you and me and all us Christians. Because New Testament, God doesn't dwell in a temple. He dwells within believers. He dwells within those who have Surrender their lives to Jesus Christ. And so where do you bring the tithe? You bring it to the place where God causes his name to dwell. He dwells in the corporate church. In the hearts of you and me, believers who are following him. You bring it to the place where God causes his name to dwell. You bring it to the local church. Where two or more are gathered together, there I will be also. We come together as the corporate church and we come to, to do things, to worship God together. And when you come to the church, you bring your tithe to the church. Not other places. You bring it to the church. Paul instructs the Corinthian church 
on the first day of every week, each of you is to put something aside and store it up as he may prosper so that there will be no collecting when I come. Now, in this case, Paul is collecting for the church in Jerusalem. There's a famine there in Jerusalem. And so the churches are, are gathering up and they're sending part of their offerings to Jerusalem to help take care of the, the poor and the needy there in Jerusalem who are starving because of this famine. And he says you're, you're to bring it in on the first day of the week. Now what's the first day of the week? That's Sunday. That's the day that the church in Corinth gathered together to worship the Lord. And so they brought it into the church. They collected it in the church. They gathered it in the church. You're to bring the tithe unto, into the church and collect it as a corporate body, this place where God causes His name to dwell, the church. You see, the church is not this building. The church is us collected here together in this building, worshiping and serving God together. You bring it to the church. Now, I, I have often heard people tell me this, and I cringe whenever I hear it, well, I give my tithe to such and such ministry. I give my tithe to this other ministry over here. That's not your tithe. That's not your tithe. The tithe is not paid to some other ministry. Now, it might be well and good that you, you, you give an offering to some other ministry according to the ministry because there's a lot of no good ministries out there. Let's not pay for Kenneth Copeland's jet so he can jet around the world, right? Let's not pay for stuff like that. That's not a worthy ministry. It may be good and great that you give to a ministry, but that's not your tithe. That's above and beyond your tithe. That's a free will offering to some other ministry. The tithe is to be brought to the church, the local body. Because it's through the local body that God primarily operates and carries the gospel ministry out into the world. Yes, give to other ministries. We're, we're collecting, we're giving to Owen because we want to support his ministry. We want him to thrive. But it's coming through the church, going to Owen. But that's not your tithe. That's above and beyond. We, we support our love offering for Jesus, which goes out to the International Mission Board and the uh, North American Mission Board and to the children's home and all of these things. But that's above and beyond the tithe. The tithe is to be brought into the church. It's to be brought into the church. It's to be collected in the place where God causes His name to dwell. It's to be collected in the church. Bring the tithe unto the Lord by bringing the tithe into the church. Now this characteristic is further indicated by the next characteristic that we see here of the tithe. We also see that the tithe is an act of worship. It's an act of worship. It's not simply giving money. It's an act of, of worship. Notice what he says there in the last part of verse 26. And you shall eat there before the Lord your God and rejoice. You and your household, you're to rejoice before the Lord. It is an act of worship for them. It was bringing it there. They were to bring the tithe to the temple. And they were to partake a part of the tithe. Not all of it, part of the, a lot of it went over here to the Levites and the, the priests, but, but they were to participate in part of the tithe. They were to consume it there before the Lord. That's an act of worship, to rejoice before the Lord. Do you know tithing 
is not just giving money, right? The tithe is not membership dues. You pay membership dues to the country club, to Sam's club, to whatever club, music club, whatever, right? There's all these clubs that we, we might pay dues to, but the tithe, is, that's not dues. That's not membership dues. The tithe is a worship. It's an act of worship. We're worshiping before the Lord. We're praising Him. We're giving Him thanks. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for giving me the 90% to live off of. Thank you for giving me the 90% to enjoy. Here's the 10%. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Praise you for your provisions. It is an act of worship. Now sometimes... It becomes mundane, doesn't it? It becomes mundane when we're writing out a check and we're dropping it in the offering box. It becomes mundane. It's just something that we do. Sunday morning, oh, well, i got to do, here, here's this, and, and we, we go on to the next thing. But it shouldn't be so mundane. It shouldn't be so mundane. Think about it like this. And here's what I want to challenge you to do as you tithe. Make sure you realize that it is an act of worship. When you're writing out that check at home, praise God, Lord, thank you. Thank you for your provisions in my life. When you drop it in the offering box, thank you, Lord. Thank you for the provisions that you have given me in my life. Thank you for the monetary provisions. Thank you for your saving grace. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all that you have given to me and done for me and my family. Praise God for what he has given to you. Before you hit submit online, if you give online, thank God for his provisions. Worship God for his provisions in your life. Make the tithe an act of worship because that's exactly what it is. We're to rejoice. We're to rejoice before the Lord as we give the tithe. So worship God through your tithe. Don't miss that opportunity, dear friend. Don't miss the opportunity. Don't just drop the check in the box. But worship God. Rejoice in the Lord. As you give the tithe. So the tithe is 10%. It is a demonstration of faith. It is brought to the church as an act of worship. Fifth, the tithe is in support of the ministry. It is in support of the ministry, the gospel ministry that is done here at the church. Notice who all, the benefit, uh, all, the, all those who benefit from the tithe. We see this from the, from the worshiper himself, right? The worshiper benefits from the tithe. Uh, he says, you, you bring in the full tithe and you shall, eat therefore, that you shall eat there before the Lord your God and rejoice you and your household. Right? Who benefits from the tithe? You do. You are one of the people who benefit. You and your family benefit from the tithe. 
And that's the same today. They partook of it through eating of it there in the temple. You partake of the tithe because it's pretty comfortable in here today, isn't it? Right? We have this nice facility that keeps us dry when it's rainy outside. Uh, we're cool in the summer. We're warm in the winter. And we can come here to gather together. And these lights are on. And, and you can read your Bible. And we can study in comfort. When you go to your life group, you, you have a Bible study book there waiting for you every quarter. You don't pay for that. That comes from your tithe. All of them, think about all the ministries of the church that, that you enjoy. That comes through the tithe. So the worshiper benefits from the tithe. But not only the worshiper, it doesn't stop there, but also the church staff benefits from the tithe notice what he says there as he continues on and you shall not neglect the levite who is within your towns for he has no portion or inheritance with you at the end of every three years you shall bring out the all the tithe of your produce in the same year and lay it up within your towns and the levite because he has no portion or inheritance with you uh, there there again the levite We'll stop there. The Levite. The, the, the Levites were the ones who ministered unto the Lord. You had the high priest and the priest there in the temple. And, and then you also had Levites out in the different communities who would teach. I, I think they were out there teaching God's word to the people. That was their ministry. They didn't have land. They didn't have land to farm. They didn't have a way to, to make their money in other ways. Their inheritance was the Lord. And so their, their inheritance was to, to teach people God's word and to guide Israel in the ways of the Lord. And, and they got their living from the Lord. And so the tithe take care of those who were in the, the work of the ministry. Even in Israel. Today, we see that the tithe goes to help the ministerial staff and the other staff here at the local church. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 17 through 18. Let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. For the scripture says you shall not muzzle an ox when it treads out the grain and the laborer deserves his wages. In other places, Paul says... Doesn't the minister have a right to receive his wages from the work of the ministry? And certainly I'm so appreciative of this church and the salary I get. And it goes to pay Larry and Ken and Marin and Keith and other people here who work in the church. So we don't have to go out and get other jobs, but we can focus on our work here at the church. And so your tithe helps us so that we can make a living and we can feed our families and support our families as we work in the gospel ministry and a full-time or part-time uh, way. So the worshiper benefits from the tithe, the church staff benefits from the tithe, but also we see the poor and needy benefit from the tithe. Notice what he says there. The Levite, uh, because he has no portion or inheritance with you 
and the sojourner, the fatherless, that is the orphan, and the widow who are within your town shall come and eat and be filled that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands that you do. It was to take care of the poor and needy. Here we see the welfare system of Israel being established through the tithe. And so a portion of their tithe went to help those who were in most need. The sojourners. Sojourners didn't have a place in Israel. They were there. They were, for whatever reason, they were there. But they couldn't buy land and, and function like the Israelites could. So they were most likely in poverty. Orphans. Widows. They needed to be taken care of. And so the tithe helped take care of them. Now, as the New Testament church, here again, we're not a government. We're not a government. God hasn't established us as a national government. So we don't need a welfare system. And our function is not to take care of the physical needs of those who are around us. Although we do help with some physical needs. That's not our primary goal. You see, as a church... As a New Testament church, our primary function is to take care of the spiritual needs of people. We're to, to take care of the spiritual needs of people. We're to share the gospel with people. We're to show them the way to God. We're to fo focus on the spiritual needs. And let me tell you, there are a lot of people in our world who are spiritually bankrupt. There are a lot of people in our world who have nothing spiritually going on. They are in poverty spiritually. And the church is here to bring spiritual health. To provide the, the spiritual medicine that they need. The gospel of Jesus Christ. That's our main function and yes, we, we do help those who are in need. We, we are to be a people of compassion and mercy. And when we see someone hurt, hurting, certainly we should reach out and, and do what we can. But even in that, we don't just focus on feeding people or taking care of their illnesses. Our primary concern is to take care of their most fundamental need and their most fundamental need is they need a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because if we provide food today they're still, and they still die and go to hell, what have we done? You see, our purpose is to focus on the spiritual needs. And that's what we do. Think about all the ways that your tithe goes to help people in spiritual bankruptcy. One, we support the cooperative program, which goes out. Uh, beyond this church it goes to support the international mission board and the north american mission board and all of these other mission boards that uh that go out to carry the gospel to the nations we when you give your tithe a portion of that eight percent in fact goes to reach the nations with the gospel of jesus christ two percent stays in our local association which goes to help our community, help our local association of Baptist churches reach our community with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And of course, we have our own ministries here in the church. We help support Care and Hope Ministry, which feeds people. It's a food bank that helps to feed people. But in that, takes the gospel, right? They, they deliver the gospel to people. And, and through providing for a need, they 
they share the gospel of Jesus Christ with them. We have our own ministries where we try to reach out to the lost through different outreach activities. And so your tithe goes to help those who are poor and needy spiritually find a relationship with Jesus Christ. It takes money, right? It takes money to fund the, the church's gospel ministry. And so your tithe goes to help fund that ministry. So bring the full tithe unto the Lord to support the ministry of His church. And finally we see here that the tithe is blessed by God. The tithe is blessed by God. That, that last line there, bring in that full tithe, that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work your hand that all the work of your hands that you do that the lord may bless you that the lord may bless you the tithe is blessed by god now this is not health and wealth right this text is not saying if you pay if you give a hundred dollars to god he's going to turn it into a thousand that's not what this says that's what some people tell you that it says, but that's not what this says. This says, bring in the tithe that the Lord may bless you, and He will bless you. He will bless you. Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need the lord blesses those who are faithful to bring the tithe unto the lord i like what billy graham once said billy graham once put it this way we have found in our own home that god's blessing upon the nine tenths when we tithe helps to go farther than ten-tenths without his blessing right it, the the blessing of the tithe is that god makes that nine-tenths go further it goes further it stretches further than the ten-tenth if we kept it all it stretches further man that's something that meredith and i certainly experience in our own lives Back there when we were struggling to have two nickels to rub together, when we decided to be faithful and give the tithe unto the Lord, there were those weeks, Lord, I don't know how we're going to eat, but thank you for your provisions. Here you go. Here's the tithe. And it never failed. It never failed. God provided, and it worked out. We didn't miss a meal. We had some beans and rice from time to time, but we didn't miss a meal. All of our bills ended up paid because God made that nine-tenths go a whole lot further than that ten-tenths would have if we'd have kept it all. Trust the Lord and His blessings Trust the Lord. Give the full tithe. Bring the full tithe unto the Lord. Put him to the test. He tells you to him, Malachi, put me to the test.
see if he won't make that nine-tenths go a lot further than the full ten-tenths will go by itself. The Lord blesses the tithe. Bring the full tithe unto the Lord. Bring the full tithe unto the Lord. And let me tell you, let me just state, this church is good in its giving. This church is, uh, we got a lot of faithful tithers, and I understand that, uh, even coming and preaching this text. But we need to be faithful to bring the full tithe unto the Lord. You know, right now we're going through some economic struggles, aren't we? I don't know about y'all, but I know my paycheck is not going as far, far as it used to. Inflation has increased. It's skyrocketed. We're paying more for gas, more for groceries. Butter even costs uh, so much more. And they're talking about a, a shortage of butter coming up as we come into Christmas and all the holiday cookings and stuff. And, and it, it's going up, skyrocketing. Man, the paycheck doesn't go as far as it used to. But I want to challenge us. Right, because the temptation, as we see inflation going up, as we see our, our paycheck not, not going quite as far as it once did, the temptation here would be to, well, let's pull back on our giving to the Lord. Let's pull back on the tithe. Maybe we only give 5%. Maybe we only give 2%. At least until the ec economy kind of gets straightened out. Bring the full tithe unto the Lord. Bring the full tithe unto the Lord. Trust that He will bless you. Trust that He will provide for you. Bring the full tithe unto the Lord and see if He will not bless, bless the nine-tenths. Far better. Now, today we're focusing on the tithe. And maybe there's some here that you're not a Christian. This is kind of strange to you because it's a message primarily for the church. God calls the church to bring in the full tithe. But I want to be absolutely clear about this because I want everyone to understand this. The tithe, although God requires it of His church, the tithe does not save. And if you bring in the full tithe, that's not going to guarantee your salvation. That might be great that you give money to the church, but that's not going to buy your salvation. God can't be bought. The tithe does not save. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. We give out of gratitude. We, the church, we give out of gratitude because of all that God gives us both financially, materially, and spiritually, because God has saved us. It's a, an act of worship, an act of gratitude. But the tithe does not save. Only Jesus saves. I want you to understand this, that God loved you. Even when you were living in rebellion, if you are living in rebellion against Him, He loves you. And this is how He loved you, that He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to come walk this earth, to live a life holy unto the Lord, a life in perfect obedience to His will, and yet, though He was, with, was without sin, He went to Calvary's cross and He died for you. And the only way of salvation is to trust that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins, 
And three days later, he was resurrected from the dead, showing that all your sins had been paid for. Trust in Jesus. He will save you. He will save you. And then when you experience that salvation in Jesus Christ, then pay the tithe as an act of gratitude unto him. But until then, you just keep the tithe because it won't do you any good. Only Jesus saves. Trust in Jesus. Surrender your life to Jesus. And experience the eternal salvation that he and only he provides. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you and we praise you for all the wonderful gifts that you give to us, Lord. And we understand that one of the ways that you, you give to us is through these monetary provisions. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the food on our tables. We thank you for the clothes on our backs. We thank you for all that you have given us. And Lord, we want to be faithful to give back to you that little portion that you ask us to give back. Lord, may it be an act of worship. May it be an act of faith. May it be an act of gratitude unto you for all that you've given to us. And Lord, we thank you most of all for the salvation that you have given us in Christ Jesus. Without Jesus, nothing else would matter. Without Jesus, there's no hope. Thank you for the salvation that you have given us in Jesus. And Lord, I do pray that if anyone listening to this message today has never trusted in Jesus, Lord, let them not misunderstand. The tithe wins no favors with you. The tithe is not a way of buying salvation. But Lord, let them look to Jesus Christ who has already bought and paid for our salvation. Let them trust in Him and surrender to Him. Now these things I pray in Christ's name. Amen.